1: Welcome to another commissioned Bald Move podcast. Uh, this time it is one of my absolute favorite comedies of all time, so I could not be happier to talk about this movie. Um, Aaron, why don't you tell us who commissioned it and what it was?
0: Oh my God. Well, it's The Big Lebowski. Don't want to put you, any, in, you all in any spence. It was made in 1998. It's a Coen Brothers film. Yep. Didn't get any Academy Award nominations or wins, but I think it's one of their finest films. Yeah. Certainly one of their funniest. I go back easily and forth. Easily their funniest, yeah. I don't know, easily, because Raising Arizona is pretty damn hilarious, too. Yeah, but
1: I'm not laughing consistently through that movie,
0: I'm I am not laughing consistently through this movie, either. Oh, man, I am. Okay. I, I just love the little flourishes of this movie. But, yeah, talk, talk about who commissioned this first. uh This was commissioned by Michael Johnston, mm-hmm. who is purchasing it as a gift for his main man, Dave Hall, out in Philly. Okay. So, props and shouts go out to both of you gentlemen uh, and also to uh, Michael's brother, who is also coincidentally named Dave, <laughs> who also <laughs> is not coincidentally a big Lebowski uh, fan. That's who's responsible for this, the commission cast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you've made our, our Friday here. Yeah. Wh- how do we crack open this? Let me really tell you. Um, so I saw this movie when I was 22 or 23. Okay. And I remember... Being because I heard like just you know such buzz for being a funny movie, and I remember going to see it and kind of being underwhelmed like, you know, compared to Happy Gilmore, this is not or huh. The Naked Gun, okay. this is not funny. <laughs> and you were 23 at the time, I, I know. Um, hmm. uh, okay, I was a little stunted because you know, <laughs> growing up in a cult like we did, like, you really just get. If you're lucky, you're you're fed a steady diet of PG PG thirteen comedies. Yeah, yeah. So it's like at, at, um, who's the guy that made Happy Gilmore? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Yeah, I almost said Ant, I couldn't get Andy Sandberg out of my head. <laughs> sure, they look alike too. Is the scary part? And I, it almost got like, <laughs> got like really mangled, like Andy, yeah, Andy Sandlerberg. <laughs> Uh, when he made uh, those movies, that's kind of right in his wheelhouse. Mm. Kind of crude, but they didn't drop the F word. There weren't any bare titties. So as a Jehovah's Witness, you could go see that. You could not see the Big Lebowski, uh. arguably. And there's a the place for the Water Boy and all that stuff. But ar- yes. arguably, seeing something like Little Nicky was more corrosive to one's mind than the Big Lebowski. <laughs>
1: Fuck that movie. That's the worst movie ever made.
0: So, but as I've watched it and got a little bit more sophisticated in my sense of humor, yeah. I think the Big Lebowski. I almost gave myself an aneurysm at least three different times where I was just completely caught unawares by how funny something was. Sure, sure. The dude dropping the roach in his <laughs> pants and getting into the car wreck—comedy uh-huh. gold.
1: That scene is just genius because th- so much, so many little details are in that one moment. Things that you can pick up on, like for instance, his car crash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is is completely caused by him flicking that roach, and he only flicked that roach because that's what he normally does. He right. flicks roaches out the window, but his car was stolen, the uh-huh. window was broken, uh-huh. he forgot about that. Because <laughs> he's high. And then and then he forgets that the door is broken again because he tries to get out the same door yeah. at the end
0: of the scene. Yeah genius I, I love it i mean that uh the scattering of the ashes of danny's ashes at the <laughs> oh end so many moments have just come out of nowhere yeah. and uh it's it's you know a lot of these mainstream movies they're this you know set up and then punchline and and sometimes they build on each other but this yeah. is really weird where the punchline just comes flying out of nowhere Sure. You're just watching sure. the dude it's, do something and then suddenly your head's about to explode from the laughter trying to get out of it. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: I think it's the way that they escalate their scenes so quickly. Because every character in this show, or in this movie, goes zero to 60 in a split second. Sure. Uh, most of all, Walter. And he's he's the impetus for most of the action in this movie.
0: Yeah. So Speaking I, of funny scenes, this is what <laughs> happens when you fuck a stranger in ass. <laughs> oh, man. Pretty, yeah.
1: far, pretty high up there. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh probably my favorite walter scene of all is when he jumps out of the car with the uzi (laughs) because like it's crazy enough like the way they're building it with you know he's gonna jump out and beat one of them and then and then he just in passing says hand me the uzi (laughs) jeff ridges is like uzi
0: no one said there was an uzi involved and then johnny he just flops out of the car yeah and then throughout watching this movie i'm always wondering like Is Walter for real? Like, is he really a badass? or Is he an accidental badass? Is he just delusional? Is he all Mm -hmm. of the above? Because he swings in these wild directions of, like, you know, when the the guy comes out and grabs the crowbar from him, he, like, doesn't want any part of that or is sheepish.
1: Yeah, but then he doesn't shy away at the end
0: when he he bites the the ear off the Nihilist. Yeah, and like I said, he did flop out of a car to try. I mean, it was a stupid plan, but... (laughs) But he was willing to do it. Executed with gusto, sure. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's like I guess he's he's a badass. In fact, mm-hmm. I remember when I first watched this movie, I was fully expecting the reveal to be that he never was in Vietnam and he was just full of shit. I gotcha. mean, that was like you yeah. know be- half an hour before the movie ended. But I, I just like man, he seems like he's going back and forth on this stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I always envisioned him as a badass because like I guess I. I'm looking at it from having seen it many, many times, and that idea that, you know, at the end he just goes crazy uh, has been reinforced so many times.
0: And there's just so much subtle stuff like his, what really pisses him off is people not following by the perceived rules. Like Jesus can come and, and uh-huh. basically stick his crotch in his mouth and say, I'm going to fuck you ass and insult him gravely, and Walter doesn't care. Uh-huh. Some other dude steps a hair's width over the line, mm-hmm. and he pulls a gun on him. Uh-huh. And that's what pissed him off about the nihilist. It's like you know you can't you can't get a ransom money if you don't have a fucking hostage. The there rules. are rules. This is the, 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 the line. Numb. This is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, that's great. What do we say about the plot? This plot uh, the- is dense. Yeah, yeah,
1: it kind of it curls back in on itself so many times. You know, the first time you get kind of an inkling that things are not as they seem is when uh, Bunny drives by him on the road, right? Yeah, it's like really toward the end of the movie. Well, I mean, it kind of unravels very quickly after. I, a I felt point. like
0: that as as quickly as I could make theories about what's going on. You know, new there's there's new shit. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would would change the situ- My understanding of the situation. Uh, new shit has come to light, and I'd have to change, and, like, one the very end is. I was pretty convinced that—what uh, what was his name? Hung- Hungston? Carl Hungus? Carl— Uh-huh. <laughs> the Carl Hungus and <laughs> Bunny were in League. I was, too, up until this
1: very viewing. I've seen this probably 50 times. Yeah. Up until today, I always thought they were doing it together, but they're not.
0: Right, they just— because he hung out at the pool as the pool boy, he knew that Bunny was going to blow off the old man for a Vegas trip. Yep. And took advantage of that to stage the whole kidnapping.
1: Yeah. Got his uh friend to
0: sacrifice a This toe. this movie's like Oceans Eleven if everyone was a dumbass. I, yeah, like, you're right. No neither you're no right. criminal nor antihero nor <laughs> casino owner were competent in any way. Uh-huh. Like they kidnap the wrong people, they beat the wrong people for the wrong reasons, they steal the wrong stuff. It's like,
1: yeah, there are there are really no normal people. What I what I would consider normal people in this whole bunch, right? Yeah, some they're all characters, and I think you know that's where most of the comedy comes from.
0: And speaking of characters, like the dude is a very deep character. Like it's yeah. such efficient characterization with this guy. What little we know from him is that he was very politically active in the past. He mentions uh, being like a charter member of some, you know, Students for Democracy Action, being one of the Seattle Seven, which is this, uh, well, I mean, Wikipedia, if you want to know about that. But So are you going to speculate on the
1: history of the dude? Like Like when did something happen to him to change him fundamentally?
0: Did he get fed up with the whole system and check out? What's weird, because he hasn't really stop fighting the man or the man hasn't stopped fighting with him i mean that's the whole thing with the big lebowski and it's very yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. political commentary that the big lebowski is ranting about you bums and you hippies and you uh-huh. gold brickers and all this other stuff it can you know talking about how this generation is worthless mm-hmm. and the dude's like yeah you know fuck it whatever and ends up just winning and getting what he wants anyway then well, later in the movie and then you find out that yeah the the big Lebowski is
1: actually a gold bricker himself. Exactly. And that's the thing like I I wonder if this movie is trying to make me question my perspective on that, you know. There's a
0: little class warfare. It's like the yeah. 1%, you know, saying that oh, well you guys are just you know, you want stuff handouts and all that other stuff and I'm like yeah, when
1: arguably but, they're the same they're they're the same guy they're both bums yeah um they're not, leeching off of other well i i don't not, even know that the dude is leeching off of people that's the that's, thing that's well i mean like he's, he's certainly lazy as yeah. sam Elliott tells us but i don't ever see him harming other people to get something that he needs in right in fact
0: i said at one point he's just living frugally <laughs> i he's a freegan. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh i at one point when his apartment manager comes up and invites him to his performance piece uh-huh. And I'm like, that's the dude's job. The dude, if you're not um, employed, you need to generate as much goodwill. <laughs> that is your currency. That's your currency. Goodwill. And this apartment manager is going to never ask you to pay rent as long as you come and bring all of your friends. More importantly, yeah, your weird, bizarre loser collection of friends <laughs> to see his stuff because <laughs> else he would be a sad ego. man performing in front of no one. And that's how the that's how the, yeah. the dude gets down, I'm convinced. You're right. That that's the thing. He's not hurting anybody, right? But He's, the big Lebowski is stealing a million dollars
1: from a child's charity. Exactly. What the fuck does that say about him? He's yeah. actually in this movie worse yeah. than the dude. So I, I feel like all of this subtext that's in the movie is just rewards so many repeat viewings. Yeah. Uh, I, I I found myself when I first saw this going, Wow, that was good. And that was funny, but I don't see what the big deal is. And then every time I watched it, I would get a little more appreciation for it because I would notice a new wrinkle.
0: What I think is amazing is how diverse the different plot points and stuff. And this movie is very serious about getting about its plot. Like for a slacker oh, yeah. movie, it is like really moves forward like a locomotive. But it's so kind of disjointed and everything's compartmentalized that if I feel like the any random... 10 to 15 minute stretch of this movie would make a <laughs> award-winning short film. Okay. All right. Like just like imagine like the first 10 minutes of the movie is a, mm. like a standalone feature about this guy who goes about his day and gets a half and half and then gets gets his carpet
1: pissed on, goes to the carpet. Yeah, boom. and then, and then sets Roll off pranks. on
0: revenge. That's 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 an arc. You're going through a, th- a three-act narrative there. Yeah, And those much. things just kind of keep happening. It's Remi- yeah, kind of like, uh, you know, obviously less sophisticated version of Memento where like every 15 minutes of that was kind of told backwards and it's like chapters in a book.
1: It feels like a fractal movie in a way.
0: Yeah, like there
1: are wheels within wheels here Um, as far as like even the tone and pacing of the movie, like the pacing of the movie is kind of um, this, each individual scene will kind of build to this crescendo, which happens Kind of suddenly because of the volatile nature of all the characters. And then the movie itself does that. I feel like so much of it is set up until at the very end they reveal everything. Boom, it's done. Now think about
0: it. Well, speaking about the fractal nature of these miniature three arc stories that combine for the whole film, the film is its individual three uh, acts Mm -hmm. are divided by a trippy hallucination scene.
1: Uh, That's true. Yeah.
0: Which is yeah. something that stands completely outside of the movie. It, it takes place entirely within the dude's consciousness, and they're glorious. They are the first. Are. It's, it's the first person view of a bowling ball going down a bowling lane. Uh huh. The the dude sliding down the the bowling lane between the girl's legs, and then it <laughs> gradually turns into an the look upskirt. On his face and, and it's goddamn brilliant. Yeah, it make it the movie makes me so happy to watch. Sure. I, I think all the all the pieces come together in
1: a way that's definitely more than the sum of their parts. How uh, spe- Speaking of that scene, can I just talk about Kenny Rogers for a second? Sure. Because the Kenny Rogers I know is the gambler, mm-hmm. is country music through and through. This is the first time that I ever heard psychedelic Kenny Rogers, hmm. because he went through a psychedelic phase before he got into country music with his other band,
0: I did not know this
1: completely different music, yeah, yeah they didn't, picked one of those tracks for that hallucination scene.
0: I thought to me, I thought this was still recognizably country music, it, kind of, but it's psychedelic like, he doesn't
1: talk about I mean uh, Johnny Cash, what condition my condition was in in his country music song, yeah,
0: true, true, but I mean, like <laughs> you know, Johnny Cash is another good example of crossover, like. Yeah, yeah. Once he got out of the boom-chicka-boom-chicka-boom-chicka-boom-chicka-boom-chicka-boom-chicka phase of his career, like, uh, some of the stuff he did in his mid-to-late career is out there. Really out there. Yeah, he there. went the other way, right? Yeah.
1: He he kind of did the reverse Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never go reverse Rodgers. No, you don't. You don't. Um, can we talk about Walter? How did yeah, John yeah, Goodman yeah. create such a likable but totally irredeemable asshole?
1: I, f- I feel like... I, how did he inhabit that character?
0: No, it's like, like I, that because I feel like the Cohens created that character. That character is so Walter. is so so standing on the knife edge about to being unlikable. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um,
1: so, what are the things that you hate about Walt uh, and Walter, and what are the things that you like
0: about Walter? The fact that. Uh... Because this will tell you why he's... The way he treats... The way he treats... Uh, is, it, is it Donnie? Yeah, it's Donnie. Yeah, asshole. The way he treats Donnie, the way he um, is just very cavalier about serious consequences to other people's lives. And, and pushing he'll ma- people in those directions. And, and he'll make snap decisions about things he has no, no idea about. But then yes. he's anything like a minor inconvenience, like not going to the in and out or towing the line... In a league game is yeah. just something he can't ever get over. I mean, these are these, this, okay. this, this, this being a dick, being a hypocrite, being an ignorant, uninformed jackass, <laughs> know being, it all, yeah. with violent tendencies, it's know it all nature, um, with this sad core of this man got left by his wife and he's like taking her dog and her religion as his own. That's pretty, that's pretty sympathetic. All those parts don't feel like they should add up together. He dresses like he's a He's also he dresses like a Soldier Fortune man child, but he's also kind of a badass. <laughs> like these he's a, I, I feel like they redeem him fairly
1: well at the end where he finally he you know, he dumps out the ashes, they go all over oh, the yeah, dude, he, and then he turns around and he feels genuinely sorry. And you can yeah. see that in that moment, like now that all of this shit has happened yes. to them, he's finally sorry. Yes. The and dude so, has
0: something to cry about. He, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm I'm thinking that they redeem him pretty much at the end because mm-hmm. he's an asshole through and through for the rest of the movie another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member Um,
0: Interesting use of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Definitely. I mean, this is definitely one of his younger days, but he just is straight up playing a Smithers role from The Simpsons.
1: Yeah, and the way he plays awkward, like awkward humor, like laughing at people's jokes that he doesn't think are funny, but are cringeworthy yeah he he performs that so well
0: yeah and how we're like even though his boss has no respect for the big the the little Lebowski I guess you call him mm-hmm. uh for the dude how he kind of humors and treats with respect all of his inquiries and uh-huh I just it's such a peculiar performance
1: yeah I can't tell how much of that like character is his job and, like, yeah. him just being kind of afraid of losing his job, and so he has to laugh at these things so as not to insult his guests. Yeah. Or how much of it is, like, he himself doesn't want to upset the the person.
0: It's just interesting because, you know, he has developed into this, you know, great talent. Oh, yeah. And that was before he died. Then when he died, people are like, you know, it's... Uh, any any time a great talent dies, it just the myth and the legend grow, grows even bigger. Especially when they kind of taken in their prime. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of weird to see him in this such a small, constrained role after seeing him kind of like oh, dominate yeah. and just blow people off screens for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like seeing the
1: the humorous side of him. It's, sure. it's something I don't often get to see, and it gives me a lot more respect for everything he
0: does. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, other characters like seeing a young Steve Buscemi. I mean, uh, so many. Maud,
1: Julianne Moore.
0: Sure. Is good in this.
1: Um, but, but she's I playing such, she's, she's kind of one of the, the anchors of this film, right? She's is playing she? a much, she's playing it much more, aside from her friends, like the people she associates with and the things she's up to are kind of crazy. Um, In, in my mind anyway, but, I feel like she has a real grasp on the situation. Like, yeah, like Big Lebowski is taking money from these kids. Yes. He's taking money from this foundation for years. I want to stop him. She's yes. the good in this film.
0: Yes, that's true. But she's also very peculiar, just her own personal things. And she also is. like, yeah. so she sees this, this very cerebral, um, intellectual, like, like your stereotype of, uh, of a LA liberal you know, Hollywood liberal. Yeah. Yeah. With all these weird affectations and styles and stuff.
1: Sure. And an uh, artist, but she's also very serious. She's
0: like, there's very little passion is like, you know, overt on the surface, but then she gets with uh, professor Lupin, uh, who's just the, the giggle boy. And she devolves into that character too. Yeah. And like, I feel like I would agree with you, except for that one scene is off kilter enough that I don't feel like I got a good read on her either. And in what world does she think having a baby with the dude is a smart idea? Like that's the genetic stock. What what a try. When did she come I mean, up with this idea? Do you think she was It feels like she was vetting him for his ser- sperm the moment she met him. I don't know if that is
1: maybe an overreading of the term feminist in this film. Okay. Like cuz she mentions that she's a feminist and I don't know why else she would mention that other than she wants to have this baby without a man. But being okay, I
0: buy that. Okay. I don't buy her having it with the dude like there's many (laughs) but she
1: wants the point is of that is she wants someone who doesn't want to be involved in any way in this kid's life but the
0: dude was most certainly that I feel like you could find captains of industry that are like physical specimens that have tons of money that also don't want They're probably worried about being blackmailed man by another wealthy that's the thing like it doesn't make sense she is wealthy she is one of their she's she's in that class so like why would she do that I don't know. But, like, there's a lot of things wrong with the dude besides the fact that, you know, I feel like the things that are wrong with the dude's lifestyle that <laughs> she find would find kind of repellent or, or base or crude or whatever uh-huh. or go beyond the benefits of him not really wanting to raise a child. But if he doesn't want
1: anything to do with it, how will a kid even know about that stuff?
0: Well, I mean, there's still, I mean, genetics... Oh, you're just saying, like, he's not healthy. It's not he's nurture not... or it's not nature. I'm not saying he's not healthy. I'm just saying that, like... He doesn't I, look very healthy. He's way overweight. There's there's, there's, there's parts of... there's You got to nurture in nature, right? Okay. Part of the dude's slacker nature has got to come from his genes. It's not all one or the other. So... I am e- not qualified
1: in any way to say yes or no to
0: that. <laughs> I feel like I'm one step away from endorsing eugenics and that's I- I think unco- you are it's yeah. an uncomfortable position to be, but I'm still saying that like I feel like there are genetic predilections like you have things that are kind of like that's a bad example, like if you were kidnapped
1: uh. as a baby
0: and not raised by your crazy father. <laughs> <laughs> would you be you'd be a different person but are you would you sure. be like a hundred percent different person or a 50 different person probably a 50 percent different that's person. what i'm saying so like if you're trying to have uh and i feel like that maude so you think she's trying to down. have maude is trying to have a fabergé egg of a child she wants it to be <laughs> as perfect as she can i think right? you're correct with that Yeah, this is an art project uh-huh. among other things to her why would you stack the deck towards being a slacker idiot by getting his like even if it's just a 10% effect. That 10%s not nothing. You want 10% of your dude into that stew? Just saying. It doesn't seem that hard to for a very wealthy woman with a lot of power and influence know. to to put together the ideal male sperm donor. Maybe You if- might be right. I did not write this movie so I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't got all that to say. I feel like this is the scene in the dude where he's like... You don't have a good
1: grasp. Uh, The the, the
0: situation has changed, man. New
1: shit has come to light. New shit
0: has come to light. What are you talking about, for God's
1: sake, man?
0: (laughs) All that to say I don't have a
1: good read on her character. Okay. That's all. This is turning into the Big Lebowski. (laughs) I want to talk about my favorite scenes. There are a couple of really, really hilarious scenes uh, in this movie, or specifically hilarious shots like, when we we're first introduced to Jesus, uh, and they do this fantastic bowling musical oh, yeah. thing that I, I want to talk about later. But when we're introduced to the character Jesus, and they're talking about him, and they're saying he's a sex offender, and it cuts to him and Liam, his teammate, cleaning their balls. Buffing their balls. I I just lose it every single time. Especially since... That shot, because you know it's just those assholes, those actors in the background doing that shit while they're trying to film, and they go, yes, let's get a shot of that.
0: Okay, are you ready for another massive derailment? (laughs) Sure. Let's talk about bowling. Okay. Like, bowling, I don't understand why bowling... If you're a professional golfer at the top of your game, you're making Uh millions of dollars, and it's seen as kind of, um, you know, a solidly middle-class to upper-class activity. Golf, Yeah if you're a if a professional bowler you're making like maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year with sponsorships and whatnot and yeah. this is seen as a blue call like there aren't upscale bowling alleys like you sure. go to bowling alleys and they're all this Fucking linoleum nightmares from nineteen seventies. I mean, uh, the upscale ones turn off the lights and put black lights and call it cosmic. Uh huh. <laughs> now, now, there might be parts of the country that have. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in LA they have upscale. Well, it's morphing into like hipster bowling now. Okay, so, but
1: but we'll talk about. Let's, or we'll duckpin
0: bowling, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's your classic hipster bowling. Yeah, this. Uh, I'm just going by the Big Lebowski's universe of Balibu. Uh huh. They have no upscale bowling alleys. No. What happened to bowling? Like presidents used to bowl. There's a fucking bowling alley in the White House that used to be. It's s- an- like I feel like tennis and golf and bowling at one time were all equal. Uh huh. And then somehow bowling got to see. I think it was the late seventies. I think it was how the did 70s? the late seventies kill bowling?
1: Because okay, so I think it was the steel the steel mill stuff in the Midwest because that's what I associate with bowling. Like. Dudes who have hard fucking jobs in harsh environments need something to do in their off time. Bowling's indoor. Uh, It seems to me like you can't play golf outside when it's snowing. You can't do basically any other sport. Bowling is a logical one to go to. So I feel like a lot of those guys started going bowling. That became a big thing in that area and that's why I associate it with I don't know, hmm. Midwest lifestyle.
0: I feel like I'd like bowling more if there were if you went to bowling alleys and you saw characters like these. Like most of the guys you say his name is Liam, his partner? His teammate, yeah. But that dude looks like he's pulled right out of a The Bears SNL skit. <laughs> For sure, like, yeah. Like, they're all, you know, cops or firefighters or plumbers, and they're all kind of like these stocky fire plugs of men with bristly uh, mustaches, and that's that's the type. You don't get any Jesuses or dudes or Walters at a bowling alley. <laughs>
1: I don't think you get any Jesuses anywhere. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty off the wall character. True, um, but you're right. I don't know. At least in my mind, it's associated with like blue collar workers, um, and not that's not a bad thing. I fucking love bowling, man. No, I think bowling's... I will. I will go to a bowling alley. I will play four, five, that's what i Games. I will drink
0: four, five, six beers. So, so what? You you have to pay like what three or four bucks to bowl a lane, right? And Something another like buck sure. or two for shoes, and they're just, just disgusting. They're ugly as fuck. Yeah, people like the dude have probably worn them with socks. Why can't you go a place? Okay, so like you can go to a public golf course, mm. and it's like twenty bucks. You can go to like you know private that go God everywhere. You know, like places like Medina, you have to have hundred thousand dollar <laughs> fees and annual memberships, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. have to be vetted and all this. Why can't you have like a twenty dollar lane bowling alley that's like you got nice shoes and I bet nice could. lighting and you j- but the you'd have to do it in nice. San Francisco. Really? You would have to do it in San Francisco where everybody has too much money. I just don't think the demand is there. And that's what's sad. Like the demand is only around the shitty bowling experience. Hmm. Like even if you bring you can get nice bowling balls yeah. and you can buy yeah. nice shoes. But they're like, going to a shitty bowling alley. Yeah, it's like be like spending you know several thousand dollars in your golf clubs and then go playing at a public course that they mow with a fucking conventional yeah. lawnmower and there's gopher holes everywhere and the, the greens are just cratered like the surface of the fucking moon. Like, uh-huh. what's the goddamn point? You know, sure. No, I'm with you. You go. You bring your garage sale clubs there.
1: Next week we're gonna
0: announce our Bald
1: Move Bowling Alley, upscale all the way. <laughs> Only serving the finest wines, the
0: finest cigars. <laughs> well, you know, we have to go out of business some way. It's inevitable. We might as well <laughs> do it go with bowling alleys. A, a blaze of bowling. <laughs> Speaking of blaze of
1: bowling, <laughs> these bowling montages are incredible. It's the, bowling the, porn. The, it really is. It 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 glamorizes bowling in a way I didn't think possible. And it, de- it it evokes so many emotions with the same type of imagery, right? And kind like of not the slow motion button and the choice of song. That's yeah. it.
0: Like like um, Kingpins, you know the classic Woody Harrelson and uh, yes, oh, Bill sh- Murray. No, it's not Bill. M- yes. Well, yeah, Bill Murray's in it, but also the it's the Quaid. Rand, it's one of the Randy Rand Paul Quaid. Uh, <laughs> not Randy Newman. <laughs> shit. Anyway, don't care enough. The Amish guy um that <laughs> glamorized bowling too but in a very deeply ironic and make fun of sense i feel like this was glamorizing bowling from a more authentic like yeah bowl, like bowling's yeah. cool bowling has got a lot of skill it's hard to do it's but yeah it's basically something that loners and weirdos and nerds take seriously and straight people get drunk and do terribly for laughs. It's, sure, it's yeah. you know, look at this glorious thing. This is a sport of kings, and it's living <laughs> in the gutter. And isn't that yep. sad? That's the impression I got from... I think you're
1: right. I think it's those scenes are in some ways a love letter to bowling. Um, I don't know the Coen's involvement in bowling. I don't know if they're fans of bowling. Uh, but this movie is certainly a fan of bowling. Mm. Um, I I love some of the inventive shots they do. Um, coming down over the top of the the ball return. Oh yeah. Um, like the, the synchronized
0: roll, the shot from inside the bowling ball going yeah. down the lane. Yeah, that's artsy as hell, and I love it. And I, I I still think it's the great shot. Like I said, the synchronized rolling where all the bowlers yes. come like a ballet, uh-huh. and just it's all staggered as the camera's pulling back. It's it's very very cool. Yeah. You know another thing I like about this movie.
1: Another scene is Jackie Treehorn scene. I think that moment when the dude goes over to the pad of paper, oh my, and God. scribbles on it to see what Jackie Treehorn was writing is probably the funniest moment for me in this entire movie. All and right. it is lowbrow, but it is also highbrow.
0: It when I mean, you, it subverts
1: your expectations yes.
0: so well. Yes.
1: That it just it cracks me up. Like every this time.
0: movie was this close to getting back to Oceans Eleven, like he's <laughs> going to employ an actual detective technique. Uh-huh. And then have it to be a dick joke? That's what makes a hybrid. Now, this this is this seg segues into what I want to talk about next, which is you dropped this term on me that I'd never heard before today, slacker noir. Oh yeah. I had never heard it until Couple of weeks ago, and when you I read started an talking about the theory and like the family of films. I became intrigued. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, slacker noir is basically take take your old uh, crime movies where there's a guy at the center and he knows something's going on and he's going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, this kind of spins it on its head and says instead of him being the impetus for all these events, he's the one trying to get out of them. Mm. He wants nothing to do with this sure. movie. He wants to get back to slacking. Yeah, he wants to smoke a roach and lay hassle. in his bathtub with his candles lit. That's it. Uh, but the story propels him forward in in it. And that that is basically slacker noir.
0: Hmm. What are some examples other than The Big Lebowski?
1: Ah, uh, shit. That's a really good question. Like Pineapple um,
0: Express? Would that be oh, yeah. slacker noir? Definitely
1: Pineapple Express.
0: Um, another one of my favorite films is uh, Scott Pilgrim. Versus the world. Okay. That's like a slacker superhero film. and, and not Yeah, he's not really a slacker though, is he? I mean, he's, he's always pretty... like, let's go save the world. Not really. Not really. He's in a band, but, but, once but they're not gets... really going anywhere, and he fa- falls for a girl. Yeah, but... I
1: guess his whole motivation is the girl. He doesn't care about the world.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think it's slacker superhero, okay. but um, it shares a lot of the same kind of visual... Like, you know, trippy Hmm, scenes and even the way some of the scenes are introduced and the the way the music works. And, you know, I guess Baz Luhrmann does a lot of this really trippy shit, too, with inventive things of like titles and iconography, iconography. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I really like how they use the uh, the '70s or '60s stars, like the bowling alley stars. Oh yeah, the
1: neon. Yeah, like stars. they use
0: those throughout the movie to kind of set the the mood and the various like uh, hallucinations and stuff.
1: Yeah, and and they pair that with shots of the sky over Los Angeles. You is know? this
0: the first kind of slacker noir? Because I, I felt I like feel the like it is. Film was putting the, the the flag on the mountain moment when they actually had the. Real low rent, low budget private investigators say, Oh, I yeah. think you're like he's like the James Bond of and PIs. He may he's making it look easy. And from the outsider's perspective, he's he, like, Yeah, he's like, playing everybody against each other. And he's like the man who knew and, too little, or or uh, whatever,
1: whatever that Russian spy movie is with Bill Murray,
0: sure, where he doesn't realize he's a spy, uh, and he he bumbles into everything. Uh, I'll tell you, you, you mentioned one of your favorite scenes. One of mine, another, uh, gut buster was when the Nihilists come to threaten him and they throw the ferret in the tub. <laughs> oh yeah. Jeff Bridges, you can't get better physical comedy yeah. than his screaming, high pitch screaming. And I'm assuming that's a <laughs> fake ferret. Like I don't think the Coen brothers would intentionally drown the ferret in a bathtub, Yeah, but Jeff Bridges makes it come to life. Yeah, it's He incredible. really sells the terror of a weasel going in your balls region.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that would be frightening. Like. Disturbing.
0: Yeah, th- th- that's just behind Will Smith's scene in Seven Pounds with the box jellyfish in the bathtub for how tense and terrified I was for a dangerous animal to be in a bathtub with another I, human being. I haven't
1: seen that, but it it evokes images of the rat cage in 1984. <laughs>
0: there's just so many stylish things about this movie the the way they revealed bunny having 10 toes as she sped past him in like it was that a miata uh some yeah small convertible and i kind of feel like you know terry gets so much shit for you know the wild on stuff she got up to e and the sharknadoes and just botched plastic surgeries but and you, can't take away, you can't take away the fact that she was in The Big Lebowski.
1: Yeah, no, I it says something that I don't despise her in this film.
0: And I think she <laughs> actually did, I don't know whether she was just kind of playing herself or what, but I thought she did a really good job sketching that character in very, sure. very scant screen time.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know what? I really like Sam Elliott. I was surprised watching the end of this film, how good of a monologue he delivered there. Uh, and it, I think, single-handedly watching this has gotten me more excited than I ever would have been for Sam Elliott and Justified. Yeah, I mean, he's just so natural. I mean, a- everything he does in that scene just comes across as I'm this guy. I'm Sam Elliott, man. Yeah, and maybe it's because he plays that character all too often. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why is he in the movie? That's a fair question. Uh, I feel like this movie could be made without those scenes and that narration
0: but it wouldn't be as good. It, I mean, I guess a movie like this is layering on levels of absurdity until you feel like the audience is just about to break Yeah, and say, fuck this. And then if you can keep that surface tension, you uh-huh. know, like the ant walking across the water, yeah, you're yeah. fine. But like one or two, <laughs> like, like one more level of absurdity and you drown. But you didn't feel like Sam Elliott was too absurd with the narration. No, he's totally absurd, but I know it, but did. not I mean, too it absurd. didn't break. I Yeah. I'm sure there's exist people out there that see this movie and to have no time for its foolishness.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I
0: feel bad for those people, but I know <laughs> those people exist. I I but I just wonder when you like say enough is enough. Yeah. I mean, it felt like they were trying to shoot for a 2-hour movie and they, they like hit it right on the nose like 3 I hour d- a 3 hour Big Lebowski wouldn't wouldn't would would be too much.
1: Yeah, no, I like I said before, I think it's perfectly paced. I don't wish there was anything else in this movie, you know? It's not like I say, "Oh, I wish I could have seen a scene of that or that explain that a little better." No, I think everything is explained just as well as it needs to be.
0: I just at what stage in the script writing or the conception did they think <laughs> Sam Elliott as the as the stranger, we need to have him as a narrator? That's what I'm like. What's crazy? Yeah, you're just questioning the motive for them writing those scenes. That's ten to fifteen minutes of movie that have nothing to do with the main
1: plot. No, so I feel like he's he's one of the grounds in the movie. I mean, so many people are so crazy. I I feel like Sam Elliott in this movie is kind of Sam Elliott playing a modern day cowboy
0: in Los Angeles is a very trippy idea for a grounding (laughs) character. Yes, I
1: agree, but I think. In a lot of ways, like he comes up to the dude and he's talking to him and he's saying, like trying to be a guiding voice here for the dude. Like, do you have to cuss so much? Uh, he he doesn't really like that, but he's trying to encourage the dude to make a small change that will make him a better person,
0: kind of. And also he's a little bit of the voice of the audience because I remember think, saying, like, uh-huh. the one thing I don't really like is Danny dying this movie. I mean, it led to a very funny playoff with the dust, but like in the moment I'm yeah. like, Oh man, this is harshing my Lebowski buzz. And then to hear like 15 yeah. minutes later that come out, of Sam Elliott's mouth. I'm not really sure about the whole, how I feel about whole <laughs> Danny dying, but then again, there's a little Lebowski in the way.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we are certainly not the preeminent critics on, uh, the big Lebowski, but I know that there are a lot of people out there who have done deep, deep analysis on this, on the level of like Barton Fink analysis. I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna seek movie. These out, because so yeah. If it's... you're interested, it is out there. Go find it. Uh, I've I've read a little bit of it, but it was so long ago.
0: Yeah, this I don't know. I, the the amount of coastline on this film is amazing and surprising. There's just so much to explore. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, it's it's a film that very much rewards multiple viewings. You know, we're in the backyard, of the Big Lebowski Fest. It's like an hour drive away from here. Yeah. Why didn't we go last year? Did we just forget about it? Uh, when is it? It's like in July. It's like a three it's day just, festival. Yeah, it's just not on
1: my radar. I don't know.
0: I've got a several friends here in Cincinnati that go to it and, you know, they put on the Viking horns and the bathrobes and it looks like a sure. fantastic time. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what goes on there because I just see pictures of people cosplaying. It could as Big be Lebowski. like a gathering. It could be dark in a way that the Big Lebowski doesn't need to be. <laughs> There's a lot of bowling. I know a lot of drinking. A lot of grape soda. I'm I'm suspecting <laughs> a lot of weed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think a Big Lebowski fest would be fun. I'd be down for one.
0: All right. I don't know, and I I feel like the tickets are pretty reasonable too, or maybe it's even free. Okay. But uh, either way, I'm in. All right, cool. Well, Big matter. Lebowski meet up next next year, this year. Yeah,
1: it sounds awesome. Uh, a few more things that I want to talk about. Um, one of them is kind of how they repeat lines and themes throughout this movie, uh, which I feel like really contributes to it being a very quotable and quotable movie with a lot of memorable lines. Sure. They just you know hit you with them over and over again. Uh, I like that. Also, I noticed that the events of this movie are centered around money um a specific amount and a specific you know congregation of money in this briefcase much like fargo uh Uh, fargo does roughly the same thing in its plot uh so it must be something that the coen brothers like to do quite a bit
0: yeah spin it up and get a little make it a little darker each time
1: yeah um finally when the dude um starts explaining you know how he stole the money um, or how Big Lebowski stole the money, uh-huh. we're kind of not sure whether to believe him because he is such a uh, lackadaisical character. <laughs> right. It, it's kind of like the unreliable narrator, except it's the incredible narrator, right? Because the whole time he is telling you exactly what the plot is. Yeah. She kidnapped herself, man, I've been telling you. Right. But we don't think to believe him.
0: And also the dude stops believing it at certain points in the movie too.
1: That's right, and it switches. Like, who believes the plot switches? Yeah. Because cause Walter is all like, no, she, you know, she kidnapped herself. Sure. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess she did. And he's the true he believer.
0: He's the true believer. believer. Yeah, so I, I enjoy that part of it, too. Right on. The uh, the other scene I like about, you know, I'm not a big fan of Danny getting pasted, as I've said before, I think. <laughs> but it did lead to one of the funniest scenes. And also, the I thought it was interesting, the whole conversation about the mortuary and how you can't get okay you, you can't get a cheaper option than like a $200 uh what do they call it, vessel? a vessel or receptacle they call it I think it's a vessel but they also said you oh, need yeah. a receptacle Oh yeah I think you're right like you can't yeah. say it's uh, an ash holder or whatever it is ridiculous like I feel like uh the whole point <laughs> of cremation is it's cheap and efficient like sure I'm one of those people that is kind of vaguely creeped out by Western Judeo-Christian burial customs. Okay, Like the idea that we drain a corpse of its blood and pump it full of chemicals and embalm it like pharaohs of old and then stuff it into <laughs> a silk-lined box that's crammed into a steel box. that's crammed into a cement box like some kind of yeah, fucked it, up it's Matryoshka like, doll. It's fetishizing death, isn't it? Yeah. In a way, it's very like, weird. I understand monuments, like wanting to go to where a, per- is a, a the, the the where you can kind of be alone with the memories of the person. Like I uh-huh. don't kind, I'm I'm trying to talk myself into, it, but I don't really get it. But you know, however people grieve is their business. But it's patently ridiculous to try to say that the most economic v- uh, receptacle options, 170 dollars, <laughs> a fucking Tupperware box would do it. To yeah, me, yeah. The anything. Coffee can. Like, like you know, uh, Prop Joe. I yeah. roll the Prop Joe way. You, you you buy for one, sell for two. So 100% markup on whatever it costs to ru- have the incinerator technicians, the incinerator facility, <laughs> the natural gas, or whatever used to actually dispose of the corpse, yeah. the bone grinder, and whatever, a plastic-lined cardboard box. I've got a little kind of interest to corpse disposal methods? Uh, yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, Dexter over there. You don't do
1: a podcast I don't know
0: about, do you? Well, so I've got a living will that says I was I'm 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 to be cremated, okay? Okay. But <laughs> I I was almost to the point of modifying it because I found out these things called body farms. Oh my where god! Where you can donate your body oh to god. like the FBI, or these universities, or friends at universities. And they... do I need
1: to call the FBI? Is that no. what's happening?
0: I'm, here? I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to catch Dexter's. I'm not trying to be Dexter. Uh-huh. Ass. Uh-huh. That's, that's what he says too. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you fuck. Um, so so they, they have these big fields that are fenced off, and they literally drop your body in like a creek or in a cornfield, or and then they and take. Just... They let take it compost and they let it dissolve to, to give real life crime scene investigators are under training like, oh, like oh. in different climates and times and stuff. This is what a human body looks like. So you will know, be better equipped to to figure out a crime. People donate their bodies to this? And so I was about to do the paperwork on that. Oh but God. then I found out like wow. supposedly a green alternative to um uh to cremation Is this thing called hydrology where they put your body in a vat of boiling water with lye for like six hours and it completely dissolves? Uh, and, they feed it, bad style.
1: and they feed it to the machines to power their cyborgs or their yeah. machine city, right?
0: Yeah. And it, feed it, it, it to the humans. It's actually cheaper and more environment, <laughs> environmentally friendly than than cremation. So now I'm mm-hmm. thinking like maybe mm-hmm. due to hydrology. Mm-hmm. Although you can't get much more efficient than just rotting outside and letting people learn uh, the process. Uh,
1: there is a company that does this. They're called Soylent. They're making an all-in-one <laughs> food product. Trust me, they'll take your body. Uh, there are two reasons that people get cremated. Okay. One, because the body is so disfigured that it
0: can't be used in an open casket. Two, because people don't give a shit, right? Well, you like, can. There is no. Wait, well, no, no, wait, wait, wait. You can do an open casket and then be cremated. That's a common misconception. Th- they do that. It's it's stupid because I'd much rather Why have a nice picture of me propped up. But you can you can you can treat the body. And preserve it just long enough to have the showing, and wow. then shove it in a burning box and burn it. Huh. And that's a it's a nice compromise between people who want to have the moment with the corpse again. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. where my Western burial yeah, custom have thing is skeevy.
1: The moment with them alive in my head than the moment with their stiff, cold, dead body in front
0: of me. Although I do, I I gotta admit, I do like the whole the wire custom of laying somebody out on a pool table in a bar and just having a rager, <laughs> like like the the uh, a, a wake. Uh Like a wire style wake. That was another one on my short uh, list of living will ideas. Yeah.
1: With bagpipes and the whole thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah.
0: You know, like dedicate some not small money from the life insurance policy to throw in just a giant party. That would be cool.
1: All right. Well, when you show up in the news for dissolving bodies, I'm not going to (laughs) be too surprised now.
0: (laughs) So yeah, that's my observation on uh, how, how I'm with Walter. I was outraged by the $170 vase the receptacle yeah no coffee can works yeah the final thing i guess
1: we talked a little bit about this but the way that one kind of set of circumstances here has so many people wrapped around it Mm. is really interesting Mm -hmm. um you know you've got so many people involved bunny the nihilist the big lebowski jeffrey lebowski the dude uh you've got jackie treehorn in the mix there's just there are so many people involved and and kind of circling you, around these events you got the
0: kid that stole the car the
1: pi her bunny's parents yeah and it's interesting to see that all of the the impetus for this is kind of bunny running away like is you can trace it back to that mm. um it's kind of the start it's of the this butterfly
0: thing. to flapped its wings in china
1: yeah yeah and now her parents are after her and she you know has this crazy lifestyle uh i don't know i i think it's really interesting how they get so many people involved in
0: such a small contained thing there's also, I think, now that you mentioned that with Bunny, um, so Bunny's not of age, correct? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, she looked awful young in that high school like cheerleader picture, and she's missing for less than a year. So, is it possible that hmm. she was actually technically underage? And are they take, you know, t- they're in trying to opinion- contrast Jesus, who is, I got the feeling, is a pervert along those lines. Uh, With the big Lebowski, who's this respectable businessman and the pornographer who styles is as is huh. himself as his purveyor of this fine you know the future of porn and they're they're all perverts of the Jesus class and they're all the same kind of guy, yeah, yeah they're you, all gross you might be right about in that. their own way, interesting. I hadn't
1: thought about that, yeah,
0: I mean that analysis falls apart if she's actually eighteen, but I don't sure, know I feel like sure. Tara Reed could pass for seventeen. I'd buy it, yeah, um yeah, there you go. look at that. All right, finish that up strong. Right out of my ass. <laughs> yeah. Finish
1: up strong. Is, is there anything else you want to talk about or No, I just try?
0: want to sincerely thank uh, Michael Johnston yes. and uh, uh Dave Hall on his behalf. Yep. on our behalf, on all of our behalves. I mean, uh the Big Lebowski's awesome. I'm sure there's a legion of fans amongst uh the bald move community that'll be enjoying this podcast. You guys bald picked, picked, picked a good one. We've been on a run. We've been on a run. I said yeah, that Yeah, yeah. If I would have told like 8-year-old me <laughs> that we got paid to watch Star Wars, He'd lose a shit. Well, present day me is losing his shit that we, I got paid to watch The Watchman and The Big Lebowski in the past two weeks. So cool. So cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, so thank you very much. and We really do appreciate it.
0: So if you've got something kind of off the wall, uh, a little outside the bald move wheelhouse that you would like us to tackle, uh, you can make that happen. Go to subable.com slash bald move uh, and find out how you can commission your own custom podcast. And uh, we look forward to the next one. We actually have one lined up History of Violence. Yep. Uh, I have a few a, lined a, up, but. A dark yeah, tale of uh, Aragorn of Af- uh, Arathorn and, and his struggles with uh, integrating into society post the War of the Ring. <laughs> Things get I dark. I think
1: you're making a joke, but I haven't seen the Thing movie. Thing gets dark
0: between him and Arwen Evenstar.
1: How many rings are there?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> if there's one, two. I'm out. Okay, good. <laughs>
1: no. Good. All right, thanks again, and we will see you next time.
0: Bye-bye. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in him I found my mind in a brown paper bag But then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high I tore my mind on a jagged sky I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in.